Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Football Fignuts podcast. Uh, this is season four. I believe it's episode four. Uh, normally, Craig and I check on that before we start recording. Craig, this is episode four, right? Uh, yes. Yes, it is. Well, I'm Brit. Well, then I'm, I'm Brit. Craig. <laughs> and this is episode four. If you're keeping track at home, it's episode number 154 overall. Ser- seriously, folks. We every week one of the last <laughs> things Craig says to me is what episode number is this and we just double check it and the one time I'm like don't do it and then Craig goes all right three two one I'm like oh shit I didn't check the episode number <laughs> literally Luckily. the first thing in my head is I'm going hello <laughs> we're early okay, in the well, season we're okay <laughs> it's early in the season and let me tell you honestly I, I Craig you are going to do a lot of talking tonight because I am absolutely exhausted I hosted Perfect. a charity event last night online. And I am tired of hearing myself talk, which is a word that people who know me never thought they would ever hear me say those no, words. No, I am actually tired of hearing myself talk. So be prepared to do a lot of talking tonight. But first, we start where we always start. Craig, what are you drinking? So so because of my weird schedule, right? Yeah. I kind of use Wednesdays as like my Saturday. Yeah. That, that sounds weird. So yeah. I actually, with dinner, I had a uh, one of the cans that we bought together. I had the Double oh, Cloud. From New Park? Yes, from New what Park. What you think of the So wait a minute, you're not drinking a beer right now? No, I am. I'm just saying I had oh, okay. that with dinner. All right. So I had Double Cloud. Very good. Very good. Very good. Double IPA. Very good. If you if you get very the chance solid. to have it, you uh, should. Yeah. Uh, but my beer for the podcast yeah. is by new park it's dreamer that's the other one we bought that's also very good it's also very very good good. for me for me i'm drinking something you gave me superhero sidekicks ipa by king's county brewers i may have already had this on the air i don't 100 percent remember i think it might have been i might have been my second beer last week i love that either way the can art yes it's very it's very uh a comic booky yes um but my wife says to me as I'm heading to the fridge, oh, what are you drinking tonight? I said, whatever's closest to the front. <laughs> I'm not being picky tonight. I, we didn't buy anything new. I'm just going to grab go. whatever is closest to the front of the fridge. So we're going to pop this bad boy open. Oh, oh. oh, oh there we there go. There it goes. Okay. And as, as always, folks, this is our – well, not as always. This is our uh, – as advertised, I should say. That's the proper phrase. This is our um, tight end kicker defense extravaganza. It is, for the record, my least favorite episode of every season because <laughs> I just don't care. No, because what? there's the top five tight ends and then there's everyone else. And then it doesn't matter. And I would really defy matter. you to tell me five kicker names off the top of your head. Go. Kicker? Oh, I thought you meant kicker, tight end. Five kickers. No, five uh, kickers off the top of your head. Greg Go. Sterline. One. Uh, Raul Alegre. Uh, retired and I think moved <laughs> to Mexico actually see exactly nobody knows anybody's kickers except can you even tell me who the kicker on Cincinnati is ah uh, damn it see you I don't stopped. even know your own kicker that's it you don't it even was, know your own kicker it, you know what you know what it is for me for so long it was it was the Nuge it was Nugent yes and for some whatever for, I don't know why and I think it's because he became the Jets kicker Yes, you know we're. I watch Jet games. I'm okay with the Jets. Like it's ingrained in my head that he's the Bengals kicker, and he hasn't been for years. For, but like for some 10 reason, years it now. is. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, you're, I'll, I'll give you a little knowledge right off the top. Your kicker's name, because I'm looking it up right now, <laughs> is Randy Bullock. Yes. Randy Bullock. Mm-hmm. And when I look at him on one of the sites that I like, you can actually click a plus sign next to a player's name. It tells you why they rank somebody the way they ranked them. Yeah. Uh, next to his ranking is the words, no comment available. Perfect. So not even the pro sites care about <laughs> the kickers. Who's the Chiefs kicker? He just got, well, actually got a it's, contract, didn't he? It's Harrison Butker. Yeah, but he's he's like our second or third biggest cap hit for like the next five years. They signed <laughs> up like true. a four-year, $15 million deal that was all backloaded. <laughs> to be a kicker. So he signed like a – yeah, he's a kicker. He's he before the Mahomes deal, he was the second or third biggest hit on our cap our, our cap calculator for 2021. Not the season coming up, but the season after. He was going to be one of the biggest hits that we had. 
And, you know, obviously the Mahomes deal changed everything in the universe. So I have, that can't possibly still be true. But, yeah, the kicker. So I have no, I, I have no illusions about this. Harrison Butker is unlikely to be a chief after the season. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> just saying. So, all right, so we're going to talk our tight ends, kickers, and defense. But really quick, let's do some um, burning hot takes. Craig, are you giving or are you receiving this uh, week? I'll give. All right, what do you got for me? All right, so as of today, being uh, July 22nd, the NFL— In the good year of our Lord, 2020. Yes. The uh, NFL and the Players Association have agreed to no preseason games due to COVID. Yep. For you, does this matter in how you rank players? Does it matter at all to you? Does it matter to the NFL or fantasy? It does because I've already, uh, but I, why it doesn't matter to me is because I've already downgraded people who are in new situations. Mm-hmm. I think I've been very clear about this. Rookie wide receivers and rookie quarterbacks are getting a notch down this year than they typically would. Um, I'm not worried about the running backs quite so much. We had this discussion a lot during the Scott Fishbowl draft. We there did. was a lot of times where you guys were like, you know, what about uh, AJ Dillon's name kept coming up repeatedly and I'm like, I'm taking all rookies down a peg, but I'm also taking wide receiver and quarterback rookies down an extra peg because of that lack. I'm anticipating a break of camp and an interruption to the preseason. I was expecting it. I was ready for it. So to me, no. But does it matter in the game? Yeah, we're going to see some floppy foot, some sloppy. Did I say floppy? You did. I tried Either to way. say sloppy football, <laughs> and I almost said floppy football. <laughs> I've had one sip of my beer. I told you folks I'm tired. God damn it. Um, I think we're going to see some sloppy play because guys just aren't going to have the familiarity. But in terms of how I'm ranking players, no, because I've already factored in to my calculations that I think there's going to be a problem. What about you? Um, I'm okay with it because ever since long ago, and I'm still scarred by it, clearly. Thousands of years ago. The Kijana Carter incident. Oh, my God. (laughs) Where he was like – this, like I don't know, it was the first series of offensive plays in a preseason game, and he tore his knee. And ever since then, I've been very anti preseason games. Yeah. So I'm I'm okay with it. I know that players just need to get back in the groove of it, and preseason helps them do that. But serious, like if you think about it, people who who are going to start, they the team, the coach, the owner, they already know, barring injury. They already know who's going to start. Yes. And I think it just it just adds to that, you know, someone getting hurt. And then just, well, you know. Were you in the league the, the year of the great, um, the great Michael Vick incident? Uh, probably. So we all got together just to date ourselves here. The league, the our commissioner held a league meeting at Ruby Tuesdays about oh, yes. a month before the draft. And everyone showed up and we decided on the fly that we were going to name our, our our keepers that night, that we were going to officially record our keepers just to build up the drama to the draft and everybody could then go back. and We only got to keep one player. Well, our, our dear friend and, and an occasional contributor, Keith, kept Michael Vick. Not even joking, two and a half hours later, Michael Vick had a season-ending injury in a preseason game and the only <laughs> drive he was supposed to play that night. And Keith was on record as saying, that guy is my keeper. This is this is like early in his career. I could not tell you the year that that the year that he missed. I remember you're, people remember it because Arthur Blank was reeling him around in a wheelchair. Yeah, remember that? There was pictures <laughs> of Arthur Blank. The owner was pushing this guy around in a wheelchair, um, and poor Keith had named him already. And I was kind of like, we should you know take a step back on this. And if I remember correctly, our commissioner, who was by the way the source, said, you know what? If he asks for leniency. We'll bring it to the league. And Keith never asked for leniency. Never. He was just kind of like, that's the the breaks. My keeper died. Kind of like last year, our starting quarterback in a startup dynasty retired a week after we drafted him. He did. Who knew Andrew Luck was going to retire? He, I guess he did. And no one else. (laughs) He was our second round pick. Our first round pick was Ezekiel Elliott, who I then promptly traded like two weeks later for a bag of chips, a hand of Michael, uh, a a fistful (laughs) of beans and a promise of a free cup of coffee, if I remember correctly. Um, I, th- oh, I think Joe Flacco might have been in that deal as well. I don't know. <laughs> he might have been. But, yeah, so so 
No, I'm not going to miss the preseason. I'm sorry. That was at the, the week I said I'm not going to talk a lot. I gave you the longest rambling nah, answer of all time. Fine. What about you? Are you worried about the preseason cancellation? No, no, I'm not. Because I just, you know, same thing. I just don't want. I I hate to see players get hurt in general. Right. But for for a preseason game, it doesn't like it's for nothing. You know. Yeah. What are you getting out of it? So. Is essentially it. So okay, for you. I had two lined up today, oh. and now I'm going to decide. So I'm going to let you pick your poison. Do you want to talk about – you know, we'll do this like a game show. Like, you ever watch the pyramid yeah. where they give you, like, the most vague categories? Mm-hmm. Like, it'll be like, hey, bud, I'm thirsty. And it's like, these name these seven things that are liquid, something like that. <laughs> All right. Would All right. you like to talk about players or procedures? Ooh. Um, you know what? We just talked about players, sort of. So let's go okay. with procedures. Okay. Earlier today, the NFL announced that fans will be required to wear masks if they are invited to attend an NFL game. Mm-hmm. Aside from making it sound like they're throwing a cotillion, <laughs> are you? what are your thoughts about A, mask requirements inside the stadium, and B, uh, the fact that there might even be fans in games? So just to give you a little background on this, the Jets and Giants have already announced they won't have fans until further notice. Uh, the Falcons are planning to limit it to 20,000. The Rams say they will have fans in limited capacity or won't at all. And the owner of Vegas, uh, Mark Davis, says he does not anticipate fans at home games for their fir- for at least their first week. So every team seems to be approaching this differently. But the league is like, no matter how you approach this, fans are wearing masks. Your thoughts? Uh, I think it's a it's a good idea, clearly because it is going to be a lot of people. I don't think there should be fans there this year, mm-hmm. especially, you know, we're in the Northeast. We're in the tri-state area. Luckily, not to get into the, if you like governors around here or not or whatever, I think the tri-state area has done a really good job with trying to control the spread of COVID. Hey, fact, simple fact. Yeah. On July 22nd, 2020, Connecticut, where Craig and I live, has the lowest spread rate in the nation. And no deaths as of this morning. We had none as of... Oh, that's so nice to hear. But then you have all these other states that opened early, and now there's giant surges. And a lot of those states have football teams. You know, I I don't want to go political because I go political all the goddamn time, but what the hell is wrong with Georgia? Uh, Can somebody explain to me? Same thing that's wrong with... Texas and Florida, Atlanta, but more so Atlanta. Atlanta's mayor tries to put a mask mandate in place, mm-hmm. and the governor goes, "No, you can't. I, I can't protect my residents from an illness. I can't." Yeah, and, and you know what? I don't want to hear that whole civil liberties BS. I don't want to hear it. I've said it before. I'll say it again. You get into a car sober to drive it. You put on a seatbelt. And you follow a prescribed set of rules that you learned when you got your driver's license. Right. Every day the government tells you what to do <laughs> to maintain your personal safety. Yeah. You can so get a, I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear your seatbelt on. Yeah, I don't want to hear wearing a mask is a violation of my personal rights. I don't want to hear it because yeah. every single day, every person who lives in America goes outside and they follow a set of rules dictated by. <laughs> shockingly the government <laughs> to safely lead their lives. Yes. So why on earth a mask is the final straw for these gun toting idiots? I have no idea. You know, it's it just you know, boggles quick aside, my mind. Quick aside about masks Please, really go quick. Ahead, Cause I just went off on what's, it. what's really, it's, it's sort of funny, but it's not funny. You see all these, these nurses and doctors making videos and they put on an oxygen monitor on their finger. And yeah. at first they don't they don't have a mask on, it shows their oxygen level. And then they put on like three different masks. Their oxygen level does not change. Yes. At all. I actually let's... saw a couple actually go up. <laughs> yeah. Let's not let's not mince words here. Everyone who has put on a mask, it's harder to breathe. Your your body may not show the signs of it. You may still it's physically harder to breathe, but so is the act of breathing through any form of apparatus. You know, have I ever told you the story, really quick side, about 
It's a tight end episode. Who cares if I get to actual rankings? <laughs> like I said, uh, there's five the tight story? ends. That's it. I tell you what, the story. I think it was my gallbladder failure. I was stuck in the hospital for almost a month. Yep. I think it was like three weeks. I was stuck in the hospital. So in week two, a respiratory therapist gives me this, what looks like a toy, and says, "You've been bedridden for almost two weeks. You need to keep your lungs strong," and gives me the series of activities. I have to blow into this tube, and keep a ball floating at a certain level. Oh yeah, it's like the and asthma the test. It's similar, except, you know, it's a guy who's stuck in a bed, and we're worried that your lungs are going to you know, crap out while you're stuck in bed. So she's like, you have to keep it suspended for 10 seconds, and you have to do it five times an hour. She forgot the part that says an hour a day. Oh, oh dear. So at 11 a.m., I pick it up, <laughs> and I make the ball float, and I put it down. Five minutes later, I pick it up, I make the ball float, and put it down. I repeat this. <laughs> At 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I'm in respiratory distress. <laughs> a nurse walks in, and I am blue in the face. This ball is resting on the bottom of the cup, and I'm going <laughs> into a tiny hose. And she's like, oh, my God. And they call the code. <laughs> so I, they're like – so, and then, of course, what does the doctor do? The doctor runs in there and goes, what happened? I can't breathe right now. You want me to talk? How on earth am I supposed to tell you what happened? But it was hysterical. They gave me the wrong – and I. so listen, I get it. Pushing or taking in air with a restriction is hard. We get that. But it's not going to kill you, and it's not a violation of your precious freedoms. Put on no. a damn mask, folks. Just do it. All right, I'm getting off my soapbox. What else you got for me tonight? <laughs> I can't believe I never told you that story before. It was hysterical. I'm laying in bed. I'm barely conscious. I can hear code blue, room 217. All I can think to myself is, I think I'm in room 217. <laughs> Wait, I'm the only one in this room. Oh. No, no, there was, I, I did. I had another person. And my next thought was, oh my God, what's happening to him? <laughs> oh, oh that was funny. All right, go on. What do you got for me? Um. Oh, so the next, the next thing would be, if, I mean, and this doesn't really matter at all. But have you seen the reaction of players to their Madden ratings? No. Some people are really offended, <laughs> especially rookies. Like, there was a video of Chad Johnson telling, uh, uh, what's his name? The one in Denver, Judy, the receiver, uh -huh. telling him yeah, his... Uh, Jerry Judy. Jerry Judy, telling him his... Yeah. Uh, Madden rating, his overall rating. It's he's a rookie, so it's like I don't know, it's like eighty five or something. And this kid got he got a, he got really upset. He like got up and walked away from the screen and then came back. It was just amusing because Chad Johnson's like laughing at him. He like he's like, bro, you're a rookie. They don't know how to rate you yet. Yeah, so you have to like show them something. Take it as an opportunity and go prove them wrong. <laughs> Just take it as an opportunity I just, to go I just find it amusing. So uh, just a, a two quick asides, by the way. It is uh, Zeke's 25th birthday today, so happy birthday to Ezekiel Elliott. Happy Big fan birthday. Of the show. I hope sure you feel listens. better. Uh, I'm also on Twitter right now just trying to keep up on the news, and Matt Harvey is trending. Uh-oh. Because apparently Met fans, like myself, are already so desperate that they found out Matt Harvey is pitching in Korea and they want the Mets to offer him a contract to come back. But most of the messages are things like, holy shit, Matt Harvey isn't coming back. You don't have to like it, but you have to accept it. Wow. Uh, so the season has not even started yet, and the Mets are already failing. I, I just can't. I just can't. Uh, by the way, just so you know, the other option that you passed down was Devontae Freeman's contract status. Just so you know, oh. Devontae Freeman has changed agents, uh, but more correctly, his agent dumped him. Oh, and that's so sad. He, is, he has turned to the agent that everyone else turns to when they're desperate, overpriced, is it Drew and have nowhere to go. <laughs> it's Drew Rosenhaus. <laughs> he has How did I know signed that? with Drew Rosenhaus. After saying, I would sit out 2020 unless I made $4 million this year, and every team going, good luck with that. He is signed with Drew Rosenhaus. I wonder what his commission is. It must be insane. And you know what? 
it is. You know what? You think about it. Think about like people who've been like a lot of car accidents and they go in their your premium is two hundred and ninety nine dollars per month. You're like, holy crap, that's like three times. Well, you have three times the accidents everybody else, and I'm the only one who'll do it. Drew House, Drew Rosenhaus did the same thing. Hmm. You, you don't want to pay twenty eight percent? Go ahead and find another agent. Good luck. <laughs> Nobody wants to touch you. This is Antonio Brown's agent. <laughs> it is. Should who, we take a moment to, to acknowledge that he retired again? He retired again, officially, sort of, kind of, again. Yes. It's three now, right? I think it's... Because the first time the first time two? it was, I'm done with the NFL. Yep. And then it was, I don't care if I never play another NFL game. And then this time it was, you know, I'm not going to, I'm definitely done. So He's done done. He's done done. I'm done done. All right, let's move on to the tight end rankings. Let's just get this over with because no one cares. No one cares. And you know what? The faster we go through the tight ends, the more time we'll have to spend on kickers and defenses. (laughs) Preview, we won't. All right, so our rankings are in, the consensus rankings. Uh, We have Travis Kelsey at one. Big shock there. Only Sean rated him outside of number one. Uh, He gave... uh, George Kittle, number one, and rated Kelsey at two. So everybody on our team has Kelsey at one and Kittle at two, except Sean, who has him flip-flopped. Craig, you're sitting there. It's time to take a tight end. Both Kelsey and Kittle are staring you in the face. Make a judgment call. Wow. Just just picking one off the top of my Ranking, head. Rankings aside. Rankings, rankings aside. aside we rank them aside. Uh, I'm going to go Kittle only because... Kelsey, like, I feel like Kelsey's weakness is when the defense gets to him. Oh, he's a hothead. And, like, as as soon as he gets, like, if, you know, if, like, a corner or linebacker, like, pisses him off, that throws off his whole game. And I just feel in that that sense, kills more consistent. A year ago, I would have absolutely agreed with you, but that book was out on him this year, and he kept his cool throughout most of the 2019 campaign. So... Mm. I think I think he may have grown a little bit. Now I watch that. I say that he's going to clothesline the first guy in game <laughs> Suspend one. Suspended for six with games. A six games. Six game suspension, which you'll then protest, play games two and three, and get it whittled down to four and miss the meat of the season instead of the opening. Yep. <laughs> all right. So all right. So we have Kelsey at one, Kittle at two. We have Zach Ertz at three. Craig is not. Craig and I are not Zach Ertz fans. Um, that was because Sean anyway. and Cinch. Yeah, Sean and Cinch have him up there. Uh, we have Mark Andrews at four. Um, again, I, I actually had Andrews ahead of Ertz this year. Uh, Craig did not, but we haven't even gotten to the names of the people Craig had at three and four. So, oh, well, let's let's just do that. So the, our top our top five. I'm looking just to make sure. No, nope, I'm the one who screwed that up. All right, we our top five were mostly consensus. So ironically enough, we have Kelsey Kittle, Ertz. Mark Andrews, and then Darren Waller. And that's exactly how Cinch rated them. Really? So, yes, Cinch actually got our one through five dead on. Huh. Uh, none of us else agreed on the top five. Uh, Sean has all five in the top five, but he has them in a different order. I actually have Waller at six, and you have Andrews at six. Tell me why you have Andrews rated low. Compared to Waller? You yeah, you have uh, three spots in between them. I so my thing is, I just I feel like with um, Lamar Jackson there and everyone seeing how much he runs, he's going like to Patrick be Holmes. right. He is going to be, he's always going to be run first, right? And I just I feel like the with the way he plays he's not going to throw to Andrews as much as say how many looks Waller's going to get. See, but then the same logic should apply to Kelsey. Mahomes is a running quarterback too. And yet Travis, he is, and... but I feel like Lamar runs more. Okay. The other person you had ahead of Mark Andrews was Evan Ingram, who, yeah. you know, if he gets hurt one more time, it's probably on a milk carton. That's you that's think he's going to stay healthy this year? We have Engram at six. I hope so. Ward. I I think the Giants are going to be one of the teams that improves this year, and Ingram's going to be a, a big part of it. But that's so Engram we have at six. I should also mention that Sean had the exact same top six, except he flipped Kelsey and Kittle. 
So he had three, four, five, and six all in the same row. So just to recap, we have Kelsey, Kittle, Ertz, Andrews, Waller, Engram. And then we have at number seven, Jared Cook. And this is where I screwed the rankings up because <laughs> I put Jared Cook at number five. Really? I just found I just found an error in the rankings. Oh, no. I don't think it affects anything that's happened so far, but it might affect other people. So I'm doing a real quick re-data sort. <laughs> Whoops. Stand by. <laughs> this is live. <laughs> okay, fixed. Good. So so we. I'm going to alter our formula for next year, by the way. Because we literally rank the players 1 through 20, and then I assign them a, a score and take an average across all of the folks who rank them. But what happens when someone doesn't get ranked? Well, they've automatically assigned them the score of 21, that they're automatically the 21st player on the list. But you're going to find out later in this list, that bumps up people a little bit. Hmm. If we have one crazy person, like, I don't know, Dallas Goddard, who <laughs> one person ranked at 6 because they think Philly's going to throw the ball all over the place and nobody else ranked him, that actually moves him up a few notches. Really? So I'm going to I'm gonna alter that. Yeah, we're going to get to that in a second. I just, But Jared Cook, I'm the idiot who pushed Jared Cook up a notch or two. I think that having another year in that offense, I also think I heard one of the Saints beat writers today talk about they expect Emmanuel Sanders and Jared Cook to cut into the targets for Michael Thomas. Not significantly, but probably about 10%. Hmm. For a normal wide receiver, that would be scary. But we're talking about Michael Thomas, who's averaged about 11 to 12 targets per game last year. So he misses so, like four Well, but are you really concerned about a guy who had 165 targets going down to 150? Not really. Exactly. No. And that's exactly <laughs> what we're talking about. So it, so I think, I think Jared Cook is actually a sneaky buy this mm -hmm. year. So I have him at number seven. So let me ask you this. Okay. So Kelsey Kittle and Ertz are the big three. Andrews is up there at four. How early is too early to take Kelsey Kittle or Ertz in a standard redraft? I think like round five. Oh, definitely. Anything before round five would be too early, but around round five, now like you get to maybe round six, seven ish, but then by six or seven, just because of how They're people gone. are, Kelsey and Kittle will be gone, but like Darren Waller should still be there. That's what I'm saying. So I'm looking at Waller, Andrews, and Engram in that eighth roundy range. Jared Cook is a sneaky like eighth or ninth rounder. He is not going to be high on a lot of people's radars. Yeah. I really think this is, he's a sneaky pick this Unless, year. For me, unless your league gives tight ends an extra bonus they're they're worth waiting for yeah like that was the problem we had in the scott fishbowl is that tight ends get a point and a half ppr that's significant for a guy who gets a lot of volume like that pushes kelsey up to the first round yeah that puts kelsey almost on 50 catches for kelsey is 75 points that's a lot <laughs> 50 catches for Kelsey is the same as 75 catches for any wide receiver. That matters. For a Kelsey or a Kittle, that matters. So we got Jared Cook at 7. We got Hunter Henry at 8. Um, Hunter Henry's got to stay healthy. He I does. That would, that would be Let's nice. See. Tyler Higby at 9. Um, we're kind of a mixed bag on Tyler Higby. Craig, uh, Sean and I both have him in the top 10. Craig and Cinch don't. Say eh, love I mean, that's not a big deal. Hayden Hurst at number 10. Uh, I kind of went with the pack on Hayden Hurst. Yeah. I, I don't know what to got, think of him. He got hurt. He was, like, in the draft he was in, he was the best tight end coming out of college, and then he hurt his foot, and, yeah. Then at number 11, we have Austin Hooper. Craig is the Austin Hooper truther. <laughs> now, here's my problem with you ranking Austin Hooper. You have him ranked ninth. His consensus is 11. You hate Cleveland. You scream daily how overrated they are. I do. They now have two pass-catching tight ends. They do. Here, The reason why I ranked him there and not, yeah, not Njoku was because at the time, well, even when I might, I know I sent this to you late, but still, my thing is Njoku doesn't want to be in Cleveland. No, he doesn't. That's true. He does not. He actually just kind of reneged on all that and said, oh, I, I want to be here and blah, blah, blah. 
But I, I feel like no one in Cleveland who's who's been in Cleveland like the last two seasons wants to be in Cleveland. Right. Austin Hooper purposely signed there. So to me, that was like, well, all right. He, at least he, he wants to be there. I can't say that about anyone else there. And so. Austin Hooper coming there is basically him walking up to David and Juker and going, did you like it here? I'm, I hope you enjoyed your time here. <laughs> and then walking off because it, hey. he, he's not going somewhere he doesn't think, A, he has a chance to win, B, he's going to make a ton of money, and C, he's going to play. Yeah. So I know, I, I'm just I'm shocked that you ranked any Cleveland Brown that high. I know what, and you know what? On the side, I hope Naven Joku gets a new job somewhere. I, I feel he like he can be a good tight end somewhere yes. else. <laughs> we had this conversation. How amazingly, how what amazing great potential would he have in New England right now? Oh, he'd be amazing because Cam Newton loves tight ends. Cam Newton is. I'm gonna run. I can't run. I'm gonna throw it to the tight end. And Newton you know. loves tight ends, like. Every tight end since Ben Coates has had some sort of solid role in their offense, yeah. unless they're terrible. Well, you know, yeah. I, yeah, I mean, well, every team's gonna you're you're gonna do that. You're gonna draft guys that look really good on paper and and have one really good day of game film, and then you get them in camp, they're gonna be terrible. But think about the tight ends that have come out of there: Aaron Hernandez before he went to jail, Rob Gronkowski, uh, Ben Coates, all these guys that have played in New England. Brady's part of it. The coaches are still there, folks. Bill Belichick is still wearing the hoodie. Yep. So, uh, at number 12, we have a guy I thought Craig would have ranked higher in Noah Fant. And at number 13, we have TJ Hawkinson, the other former rookie. Fant and Hawkinson, Craig, same situation. you got to pick one. Who do you like? Uh, I know you like I'm, them both. That's why I'm throwing you the I'm bus I'm going to go with Fant only because Hawkinson has gotten hurt more. So I'm going to go with Hawkins just because he's got a more stable QB situation. That's fair. Matt Stafford, way more stable than Drew Locke. (laughs) Way more stable. Uh, Next on the list is what we, and this is, this is where the corrections start kicking in. So uh, you were going to have Rob Gronkowski on your list, but actually because of the error, it's Jonu Smith. Jonu Smith is the number 14 running back for us. And Rob Gronkowski is number 15. I was shocked by this just because Cinch failed to put Gronk in the top 20. Did he? Yes. I have Gronk at 15. So do you. Uh, we have him a consensus at number 15. Jonu Smith. Here's the, I, I have Jonu Smith at 11 based off potential. Based off potential. <laughs> it's Ryan Tannehill, folks. He is not launching the ball to Devontae Parker every down. And if he does, he's going to get picked off half the time. At some point, he's going to walk out in the second quarter of a game this year and look around and go, I'm not, I'm sorry, I'm saying the wrong guy, aren't I? Not Devontae, uh, well, not Devontae Parker. Not Devontae Parker. Uh, A.J. Brown. A.J. Brown. That's what I'm thinking of. <clears throat> he's going to get picked off. He's going to not walk out Corey in the second Davis. quarter. Right. Or, or Corey Davis, either or. <laughs> Take your pick. Is Corey Davis still there? Oh, he's still there. Okay. Voice trails off. Well, that's your point. <laughs> I got you. Corey Davis just sort of fades away. Um, so he's got to walk out in the second quarter at some point and say, man, I've thrown three picks and we're down by 10. I've got to throw the ball. Who am I going to throw to? And John Roo Smith is going to tap on the shoulder and go, I hope you enjoyed your time here in Tennessee. <laughs> and he's going to have to throw the ball to John Roo Smith. He's going to have to. He's still Ryan Tannehill. Don't, don't. As much as yeah. I was impressed by their playoff run, he's still Ryan Tannehill, folks. Don't forget this. Now, how do so, you, how do you feel about Delaney Walker? I mean, he's still there, isn't is he? Is 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 he? I think he is. He did not make our rankings. <laughs> Delaney yeah, Walker's done. Make anybody's rankings. Delaney, Delaney Walker is Evan Ingram if he has another injury. Holy crap! There, I said it. Do you know how old there, Delaney Walker is? He's got to be like thirty-seven. He's thirty-five. Wow. I did not realize he was 35. Been around a long time. All right. So number 16 in our rankings is Jack Doyle. Jack Doyle is the Frank Gore of the tight end set. He's He's going to have a big game. (laughs) Well, no, not that. He's going to have a big game. Good luck telling me when it's going to happen. Eventually. I'm going to start the good luck telling me Hall of Fame. (laughs) And its initial inductors are going to be Frank Gore, Jack Doyle, (laughs) And Byron Pringle. 
Because these guys, I would add Mike Evans to that list. <laughs> Mike Evans. You know what? I heard Pro Football Focus this week. I, I can't remember who it was from Pro Football Focus off the top of my head. But he was going off on the Mike Evans haters. And he's like, this guy's got six seasons of 1,000 yards. I'm like, he does. He does. The problem is that he has six seasons of 1,000 yards. It's that those 1,000 yards each season come in a combination of four games. And you don't he know like when they were going to be. four games over 200 yards. Exactly. You know what? I'm going to do it on the fly. I'm going to interrupt my rankings. Let's do it. We have time. Mike, yeah, who cares? Nobody cares about this. <laughs> no, after the, first, after the first five people, people turn this podcast off already. It doesn't matter. It's tight ends. <laughs> no one cares. I don't care. <laughs> Deb do cares. Does Deb guys. care? Deb. Hi, Deb. Yes, thank you, Deb. Hi, Deb. Okay. All right, let's see here. Uh, I'm looking at profootballreference.com. How many games of 100 yards or more did Mike Evans have, in your opinion? Keeping in mind, he missed one game. He had one game with no catches. He had last, three targets and no last catches. Last season. 2019, how many games of over 100 uh, yards did he have? Five. Three. <laughs> how many games of over 100, 125 yards did he have? Two. Three. How many games of over 150 yards did he have? Uh, two. Three. <laughs> How many games of over 175 yards did he have? Same answer, two. <laughs> Three. <laughs> In retro order, here's his best yardage performances of 2019. Okay. 198, 190, 180, 89. <laughs> you heard that right, folks. Game three, 180. Game four, 89. He has almost 600 yards in three games. If yes. you take those three games away, mm. hold on, I'm doing the math. <laughs> so he had 1,157 yards. Okay. He had one game of 198. Mm. He had one game of 190. Mm. And he had one game of 180. Okay. That means... In the other, and he played 13 games. So in the other 10 games, he had 589 combined yards. He <laughs> averaged 59 yards a game. Oh my God. <laughs> if you take away his three best performances, he averaged 59 yards a game. That is why I don't understand the Mike Evans love. Me either. And Pro Football Forkus is like, He's got 1,100 yards or more in six straight seasons. But they've all come in a total of 15 games across six seasons. Yeah. He has outstanding games three times a year. You just don't know when yes. it's going to be. No yes. Idea. Well, maybe it's pass volume. No, because in week six last year against Carolina, he was targeted 17 times and caught nine of them and didn't break 100 yards. Three weeks before that, he was targeted 15 times for eight catches for 190 yards. He was targeted two times less, caught one fewer ball, but had almost 100 <laughs> yards more. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm staying away from that. That's, no. Don't for me, come crying no. to me about how good Mike Evans is. He's inconsistent. Bob Lung, if you have not seen the consistency guide by Bob Lung, go look it up because it is worth the read. And he, Mike Evans just makes him cry. So, all right, believe it or not, we're running out of time here. So we had Jack Doyle at 15. 16 is Dallas Goddard because Cinch is big on Dallas Goddard. He got punched Cinch in the is, face. He's the only one who ranked Dallas Goddard, and he gets up to 16 because of it. Or is that 17? I've lost track. I don't know. I have the wrong list now, 17. so we have to go by what you say. All right, that's 17. 18 is Mike Jacecki. We, I, I just, I feel this guy's going to have some sort of season eventually. <laughs> 19 is Chris Herndon. Number 20 is uh, C.J. Uzoma, mainly because we drafted him in the Scott Fishbowl, and I need to justify that. <laughs> uh, number 21 is Eric Ebron. Number 22 is Will Disley. Will Disley, if he stays healthy, could be good. He could be really good. Stay healthy, Will Disley. Stay healthy. I think we drafted him, too. Uh, that was number 22. Number 23 is Blake Jarwin, because Sean ranked Blake Jarwin. End of story. Uh, number 24 is O.J. Howard. I can't believe he's still on this list, as is number 25, Kyle Rudolph. 
Um, I ranked Kyle Rudolph at 20th just because if by some miracle fate he stays on his feet, he will be decent. And then in dead last at 26th because only Sean ranked this person Good is job, Ian Sean. Thomas of Carolina. <laughs> I, I actually had to say to Sean because he said, I'll take Thomas the last one. I went, Thomas who? Um, so <laughs> really quickly because we got to move on to our kickers and defenses really quickly. We've got Kelsey, Kittle, Ertz, Andrews, Waller, Angram, Cook, Henry, Higby, Hurst, Hooper, Fant, Hawkinson, Jonu Smith, Rob Gronkowski, Jack Doyle, Dallas Goddard, Mike Jacecki, Chris Herndon, and CJ Azuma as our top 20. And then Ebron, Disley, Jarwin, Howard, Rudolph, and Ian Thomas round out the also rans. So a tight end rarely makes or breaks your team. I really hope it doesn't. All right, kickers and defenses, really quick. Um, what, what, what's to say about kickers and defenses? You got to draft one. You got to draft one. You got to draft one. I look at their schedule. <laughs> that's exactly it. So the guy I'm endorsing this year is Matt Gay from Tampa Bay. Um, aside from the fact that his name rhymes with the team city, um, Matt Gay's off week is week 13. And Tampa could have a very high scoring offense. Could be good. So I'm looking at him because he is uh, that deep. I mean, Justin Tucker is always highly ranked. Harrison Butker. My advice to folks is look for teams you think are going to score a lot of points. Okay, so Baltimore, Kansas City, Tampa, uh, New Orleans, obviously, Saint, uh, San Francisco, yeah. Bobby Gold is out there, Dallas, Greg Zerline is in Dallas now. Um, if it's a team hey, that you think is going to score um, a lot of points. Dome kickers, no weather. Dome kickers. Matt Dan Bailey is in Minnesota now. And, well, he was he was in Dallas. He wasn't very good in Dallas, so I don't know if I could really say that. But um, you know, the the name of the year though is the guy kicking for Atlanta, who is Young Ho Koo. Um, I don't know anything about him other than his name, but that's the name of the year. But you're also talking to a guy who once drafted drafted Yancey Thigpen simply because of his name. So that's our kicker preview. <laughs> Defense. Defense. I I draft based on turnover ratio i look for guys who get a lot of sacks i look for guys who turn over the who get turnovers a lot um so and historically as much as i rank on them pittsburgh's pretty good in that category i really like the raven defense this year um stay away from defenses that give up huge chunks of yards and give up a lot of points uh a la new england in my opinion i would new england is very highly rated on some sites they're not highly rated on my site craig Give me one or two defenses you think would be good picks this year in fantasy. Good picks uh, for me would be probably the 49ers, the Ravens. The Bills defense is actually pretty solid, especially yeah. now that Brady's not in the the AFC East anymore. That division is up for grabs. Talk, talk a little bit, too. How does special teams factor into this for you? Does special teams factor into these decision makings for you? You know, it it used to, especially because I was in a few leagues where special teams like got more points. Like we got points for yardage, on, like return points for yards. So that matters. But that's definitely a stat you can look into. Like you don't want uh, defenses that give up. You know, not that it happens often, but you know it does happen. And you know, you have to look at that too. Like who has in your that division of that defense. Who has the best return team? You know, so you have to look at that. Like yardage is allowed. Absolutely, I, I I tend to avoid that. I tend to focus on the defensive turnovers and things of that nature. But you know, Chicago when you know Devin Hester was there and yeah, um, those guys return a lot of kicks. That was a, a big factor. So, so no, I will say advice, after uh, you know two seasons ago when or was it last year? Two seasons ago. I don't know. Time's irrelevant in my head right now. Um, Time has become meaningless. You know, when I drafted the Bears defense in most of my leagues, because, you know, Sean was like, oh, the Bears defense is amazing. Yeah, it was awful. Awful. Don't listen to Sean. Awful. Don't ever listen to Sean. (laughs) Don't ever listen to what Sean says. Do what Sean does. Hmm. Sean will talk all day about how the Bears are good. If if he he passes over the Bears defense in the draft, that's your sign that he's just talking them up. There's your sign, you know? So the best thing you can do in our, our home draft is anger Sean. 
because if you pick, if you take somebody that he had his eye on, then you know you've probably just made a reasonable choice. <laughs> and that's just honest fact right there. This is honest fact. That's true. If he looks at you, he goes, you son oh, of wait, a... If, yep. Wait a minute. Now, because we were talking this about this earlier today, so hypothetically, if we have a Zoom draft somewhere, or, you know, yeah. we do have a Zoom draft period... Yeah. Who is in charge of Sean's picks? Because now none well, of us we'll are going to be near him to poke him. We, we will We will have him on camera um, looking all fretting and upset. <laughs> um, I, you know, honestly, if we're going to have to do our, our – this will be the first time we haven't had in – what is this? Our t- uh, 27th year. Seven. Our 27th year. Um, this will be the first time we haven't had some form of live draft. We've had people call into drafts before, but we've never had a situation where most folks weren't in one place. This will be the first time we don't have a board tacked to the wall. Yeah. You know, unless the commissioner's going to do that and have a steady cam on it, which I would not put past the source. I would not put I would not put past the source that he creates a fake email and a fake Zoom account called Draftboard <laughs> and has a stationary camera set on a draft board. I would not put it past him. Because that would just because he would not he's not going to want to answer the question who's still there. Either that or he's going to find some draft software he likes. And he's going to make us use that. That's so, true. That is true. Either way. So we're just about out of time, Craig. So that was our fantastic tight end kicker defense preview. Oh, my God, I hate. I I love talking fantasy football. I hate when people – I'm thinking about these three tight ends. And I'm just like, oh, I, I don't know. And, and then they come to me with three that are actually – should I draft Kittle, Ertz, or Kelsey? I, sure. I don't – yeah, I yeah. Pick one. Do you, have, do you have either of their quarterbacks? Well, I have Mahomes. Well, then there's your answer. There's your answer, fishbulb. <laughs> there it is. So, all right, final thoughts, Craig. What do you got for me this week? Final thoughts, everyone. The NFL still has no idea what's going on. We don't know if there's going to be season. We're just assuming there's going to be one. So I'm going to say, you know, just start prepping like there's going to be a normal season. Yes. Prep as if this is going to happen normally. That way, if it does, you are prepared. If it doesn't, then you can adjust. It is harder to catch up than to slow down and let the pack catch up to you. So think about it that way. It is easier to be ahead and then back up than it is to try and catch up. So definitely look at it that way. Uh, my final thought is if you're if you're listening to us, I have several friends who are in hotbed states. I have family in Arizona. I have friends in Texas. Greg, I know you listen once in a while. Hi to Greg. Hi, um, Greg. If you guys are in a hotbed state, be careful out there. Please just take care of yourselves. Like I ranted on before, wear a mask. Just just don't don't be stupid. Wear just, a mask. Get delivery. Yeah, get delivery. Absolutely. Make some pizza at home. I made homemade pizza tonight. It was actually kind of good. It's actually kind of good. Is tomorrow the opening of the season for baseball? Uh, I want to say yes because T-Mobile July twenty third. Uh, yep. T-Mobile sent me my free year of MB, uh, MBL Live, their app where you can watch any game. MLB. Except for any local team, which is weird, but you can watch any other team. Oh, well, you have cable for that. Yeah. Well, you know what? Actually, I'm looking at the schedule. So that's my, my final thought is just go enjoy some baseball in the meantime. Try to re- try to pretend there's some level of normalcy out there in the world. Yeah. Um, I'm looking tomorrow night is Yankees Nationals. Enjoy the cardboard and the ads on the field. It's I'm fine <laughs> with that. Fine with it. Uh, to the bet- pitching matchup tonight is Scherzer versus Cole. So <laughs> it's a solid matchup. Uh, and then the late game is the Giants at the Dodgers. So it's Cueto versus Kershaw. Those are decent pitching matchups to start the uh, the year. The Mets losing streak starts on Friday at 4:10, so I'll look forward to that. Um, as they host the Atlanta Braves, so I, I'll never understand what the Atlanta Braves have over the Mets. They have voodoo dolls of them be. all somewhere. It's Joe I just, Boo. I, it's Joe Boo. Someone met, someone of the Mets missed with Joe Boo's rum. My More God, do you know how old? Do you know how old that movie is now? Uh, 25. Uh, let's take a look. I think it's older than that. Really? 1989. So what is 31 that? years ago. Son dude. of a bitch. 31 years it's old still, is the Major League movie. It's an amazing movie. It is, it is absolutely one of the, my favorite movies of all time. Um, 
it, it only cost $11 million to make, and it made $49 million in the box <laughs> office. And that's before you factor in the fact that it's been sold a hundred times over. Yep. But uh, what's his name is fantastic. And the guy who plays the announcer. Oh, oh my uh, God. Bob Uecker. Bob Uecker is just absolutely amazing in it. Um, from Mr. Belvedere. From Mr. Belvedere and Major League Baseball. If you can ever find it, go and find his uh, Hall of Fame acceptance speech. He got inducted into the Hall of Fame as a broadcaster, not as a player. Really? And it happened later in life. Oh, he was not a good player. He was not. A, he was a catcher, <laughs> if I recall. And he was not very good. And he told the joke. It was the same was the same induction class that Eddie Murray, the famous um, Baltimore Oriole. I think he was a second baseman. And he played a couple years with the Mets. Eddie Murray got in at the same time. His speech was so funny. Eddie Murray was crying, laughing at Bob Uecker. He told one joke. He's like, I knew the day I had to announce my retirement when I got to the locker room and the security guard said, I'm sorry, sir. Only players passed this point. <laughs> and that just broke Eddie Murray. He laughed so hard. If you can find it online, definitely watch it. But yeah, so my my final thought is just baseball is back. Go enjoy some baseball. But Craig is right. While you're enjoying some baseball, start your prep for football because it's coming. It's coming, and it's coming hard and fast. So we'll be back next week. Are we going to be back next week? Is next week our off week? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. We'll let you know. Maybe. We will let you know on Twitter if we'll be back next week. If not, we'll be back in August. If we are back next week, it'll probably be the start of our roundtables. And I think the reason we're still unclear on our schedules because we have to get multiple people involved in – uh, a call for the round tables and that's a little bit challenging but in the meantime you leave us a review wherever you listen to us send us an email with a question about football or the movie major league uh at uh, fignutsdfs at gmail.com reach out to us on twitter at fignutsdfs uh and uh, you know overall just stay safe out there folks just stay safe all right until next week my name is brit i'm craig and we are the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. Be safe out there, everybody. <laughs>